What's good, guys? It's Scoobert Dubert. I just got back from a thing called The Nam Show, which, if you haven't heard about this, this is like music and audio's biggest trade show, trade fair, concerts, panels. The best of the best are there and walk in the halls, and I got to have some conversations with some people that I really look up to, people that I really admire. And I wanted to kind of tell you guys what I was hearing at the show from an audio engineer perspective and my take my response on it. So last year it was all about Dolby Atmos and immersive audio. That was still a big deal this year too. Saw um, this great Neumann Sennheiser immersive experience where they had like, I think it was 64 different speakers in a room and you walk in, you're just completely, you know, swimming in that audio. Super, super cool. But that wasn't as dope as that was. That was not quite the buzz of the event. The buzz of the event was artificial intelligence, AI, and what it's going to do to audio engineering. So everybody had these really bold takes and a lot of them are contradictory. And so I'm trying to, you know, kind of weave my way through them. And it's also got me thinking that I should have some of my friends that I talk to that actually work on this stuff to come on the pod and, and chat about it. I already had Max on here a while back, but I feel like AI has changed so much that it's time to bring him on the pod. And I'm going to try and get one of my other friends that's actually, you know, is a machine learning scientist. That's what he does day to day uh, for some pretty cool companies and have him talk about it because the stuff that I hear from him and the stuff that I hear from, you know, multi-platinum Grammy award-winning people, completely different because I think that the guy that actually makes the stuff knows more about it then yeah, these legendary mix engineers, but they're making some bold claims and I want to push back on it because they see a future that I do not see. And I would argue that if you're at the top, sometimes it's harder to see what all the people at the bottom are actually doing. So let's dig into it. A few different takes on it. And I think that um, you can you can see it just in the products that are being introduced. So there's an audio plugin company called Waves. Waves makes, you know, virtual instruments, virtual reverbs, virtual versions of analog gear like compressors and equalization, things that you can tweak the sound of digital inputs in a musical, harmonically rich way, in a way that if you had, you know, a $4,000 piece of outboard gear, actual circuits and stuff that are changing the audio, you can replicate, you know, pretty close to that for a $20 plugin on sale. But the funny thing about them is that they keep, um, realizing that they aren't making enough money just by, you know, selling these one-time $20 plugins. So they started to monetize in different ways. And this is pissing some people off, including myself, um, where they, now they charge for upgrades. So say you get a new computer, hey, sorry, the $20 plugin that you bought last year isn't workable for this computer. So now you have to buy the $40 upgrade and you do that forever. Every time you upgrade, um, your, your software, it's okay, rock I activated Siri and, uh, that was, uh, uncomfortable because I'm talking about AI and then she actually overloaded my system crashing pro tools. So maybe the computers don't want you to hear this conversation. And <laughs> maybe it's cause I'm using uh, waves plugins and they uh, detected through AI what I'm about to say about them. But what they're trying to do is they're trying to innovate. So props to them for trying to innovate. But the, the way that they're trying to do it is by creating what are called signal chains. Uh, 
So when I talk about plugins in recording engineering, a lot of what you're doing is making micro decisions about I'm running this into this into this into this that turns into a macro decision. So I'm going to use this little bit of equalization to add a little bit of tinniness to the, to the sound. And then I'm going to use a um, smoothing out reverb that will take away some of the tinniness sharpness, but uh, leave the pleasant airy sound to a vocal. So now you have more of a pop vocal because it has air, it has presence, but it's pleasant and it's easy to listen to. What they're trying to do is automate the entire process of mixing. So instead you say, hey, Dave Pensado or Jason Joshua, you are going to create these plug-in chains that instead I'm going to let the AI look through this, the audio and go, oh, this kind of sounds like a female vocalist and I click that I want to make it sound pop. So it's going to use a pop vocal chain program by Dave Pensado onto my stuff. So now I don't have to mix anymore. I just basically let virtual AI Dave Pensado mix for me. And the people that are participating in this are looking at it and saying, I quote, there is no job for mixing engineers in the near future. That's literally what they're saying. I'm not saying that Dave Pensado said this, but Jason Joshua did. Um, he was basically saying that out of the 100% of mixes, he works on the top 5%. The top 5% will stay human. The rest, those 95%, will be AI versions of himself. First of all, come on, man. Really? Like, you're a great mixing engineer. I, I give you props. But, like, really? You're going to create a robot version of yourself, and that's going to be so much better than everyone up and coming. So we might as well give up now. Is that really the message you want to send out in a mentorship panel? that AI is going to take my job, but not yours, because you are so much better than an AI. It's like, uh, you know, this is, this is what, this is what the, you know, up and comers are hearing. And, and that's kind of what's souring my take on AI a bit, because I think that the perspective that a lot of software engineers and recording engineers from the top are coming with is how do we automate out as many people as possible, take their jobs and take their money. On the opposite side, you can also do things that I want AI to do, like automate my workflows. Recognize that I, you know, maybe I tend to run this plug into the next, so maybe make it easier with a one-stroke click or an autofill for me to continue doing that. So allow me to still make my decisions, my creative decisions, because mixing is highly creative. And allow me to automate that within parameters that might save me time but still allow me to make decisions, creative decisions. If you want me to automate the entire process of mixing, you couldn't miss the point more. Why are you even making music? Why are you a mixing engineer if that is your take? You know, I, it's, it's funny because I, I, the, the panel that he was on had um, Derek mixed by Ali, Ali. And the stuff that I've learned from him have, has revolutionized the way I think about music, the way that I listen to music, the way that I mix music. And he was on the panel, he pushed back a little bit against that, but I don't think he pushed back hard enough because knowing where Ali comes from, he approaches every mix, letting the mix tell him what to do, not telling the mix what to do. And this highly prescriptive AI kind of based thing is, is doing the exact opposite. It's letting the, the data inform the creativity rather than letting the creativity inform the data. And I just think it's missing the point. And I think that Waves, in their current performance, is starting to realize that. And I think that those that flip that script eventually will realize it. And I also think that it belies a deep misunderstanding of what AI even is. So when I talk to my buddy, who hopefully will come on the pod, 
he talks to, he talks about what, you know, what is he actually doing? What is actually the math? You know, this is not uh, science fiction. This is actually, this is statistics. This is stats that most of us kind of learned in high school or in, in college, just, you know, applied a bunch of times in, in very clever ways. But fundamentally what you're doing is you're taking a problem set, you are building a solution to that problem set, and you're applying that solution to a new problem set. It's essentially what a, like a lot of computing even is. It's essentially like, like think about the concept of algebra, not the execution, but the concept where you have an unknown variable, a known variable, and you set some sort of relationship so you're able to find the unknown variable. AI is not that different. When I'm attempting to solve a problem with another problem's solution, I sometimes reduce variables that are very important to be able to get there. So if you haven't used ChatGPT yet, I recommend you actually do it so you're not just misled by the articles. Go, just Google ChatGPT. You'll have to make an OpenAI account, but it's free. Do that. Use a dummy email address. Do whatever you want. But play with it. Push it a little bit. See what it can do and realize its limitations because ultimately it's going to lie to you. It'll lie to you convincingly, but you can tell it, hey, write about X, Y, and Z, and it will do its best to do that, but it will make mistakes. They even have disclaimers like, this is not factual, whatever. It's going to do its best. It's going to plug into the internet. If you notice, um, you know, BARD, Google's version, does the same thing, and sometimes even worse because it's, it's plugged into the internet in real time, unlike a chat GPT, and so it's able to grab, you know, sources that obviously the internet is flawed. <laughs> Don't need me to say that, but... My point is, is that if you think that AI is instantly going to flatten the entire creative process, it's is recognizing it not just, it's a tool. It's supposed to make things easier. And it, yes, it will be able to automate some of the drudgery, but that that's what I have like, you know, things like Soothe or um, Golfos. They're using AI algorithms to look at the resonant peaks, the stuff, the ugly stuff, and take it away in real time. Great. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you. What I don't want you to do is say, hey, I'm going to write your entire synth part. Maybe, maybe write a starting point. That sounds kind of fun. You know, maybe like I have writer's block and I want to press a button and it'll give me some suggestions. That sounds kind of fun. But to just be like, hey, no, don't worry. Somebody better than you is going to write your entire vocal chain. Boring, man. A starting point? Maybe. Maybe if I'm trying to work really, really fast that I don't actually care what it sounds like. You know, like in like some quick sync music where you're making custom stuff and you're trying to do it in an hour and a half because they're only going to pay you $100 for the demo. Maybe, maybe. But to say that that's just going to take away everybody's work is just, it's, it's not just arrogant. It's just like wrong. It's <laughs> so far, far off. Then you, then you talk to other companies. Like I was talking to somebody from Splice, which is a great company. And what they do is um, help you identify, you know, drum samples. And it's a sample library where you can find a kick drum, find a snare drum, find a hi-hat, really great search functionality, able to go through genre and vibe and all that kind of stuff. That's good AI. I can say, hey, find me a similar kick to this because I'm working on a record and I don't want everything to have the same kick, but I want it to be in the same world. AI can do that. And that can do, they can do it very fast and very effectively. And it's like, hey, great. You opened up a new door. You opened up a new window. Rather than saying, hey, robot, build the house. Like, wh why would we have AI take, like, the only, <laughs> the only joy that we have? It should be like a dishwasher. You know, it's like, 
do the stuff that I don't want to do so that I can do the stuff that I want to do. And guess what? That's what AI is actually best at. So I think that the engineers that look at this wrong are the ones that have so many assistants that they don't actually do the drudgery themselves. They also work on tunes that already sound good. So there's a dirty little secret about some of these top, top mixing engineers. People clean up the audio before it ever gets to them. They're working with world-class audio to begin with. If you gave somebody that was good, you know, good at what they did, the same resources that somebody else did, I don't know if they'd be sitting in that chair. And I'm not trying to completely disrespect. I'm just trying to humble, like, like, look at this humbly, where if you have the resources where everything that hits your desk already sounds good, and then you just are able to be creative in a perfect room, of course, you're going to succeed if you don't suck. But that doesn't mean that you want to cut the ladder out from under you, but maybe that is. Maybe that's that central feeling of insecurity because it's been so long since you've actually had to work like really hard on making something sound bad, sound good. Then maybe you have a warped view of what mixing even is at that point. And that if I ever get on a panel, if, ever, if I'm ever cool enough and big enough, that's the kind of energy I want to bring because I want to stay hungry. And I know that's the energy that Ali brings too. And so there's, there's, there's going to be these like contravening forces on either side. There's going to have to be the splices and there's going to be the waves with different views of where they can impact creativity through AI. And the other thing too is <laughs> AI is expected you know, it's, it's going to do pretty much what you tell it to do. And so if you want, um, if you want to like see a silver lining, there is, uh, beauty in the prompt. So the way that you're speaking to the AI, the way that you're thinking creatively, um, you can see it with AI art, particularly like visual art that there, people are being paid now, um, to write good prompts for, AI art. And then you could see how ChatGPT then could write its own prompts for, you know, um, Dolly who would make art and it all kind of revolves around itself. And I can see how like that sounds scary. It'll get better. It'll take that job. And like kind of, yeah. But again, AI does what you program it to do and it'll eventually be able to kind of program itself and do its own thing. But it's the same thing as like the randomize or humanize button on Ableton or Pro Tools doesn't sound human and like yeah you can extract feels but in the same way that we're able to like see faces in a rock or on a piece of wallpaper or like you're able to see faces that are, are not quite there or images or impressions of things um, because you're you're evolutionarily evolved to see faces and see people and, and make sense out of nonsense it's that same impulse that will keep creativity being creative. Um, there are these funny videos on the internet that's like the loose title is never let them know your next move. And the, the concept of those videos is that just being the most chaotic person ever. So like you go over and you, you give somebody a high five, but as soon as you give them a high five, you um, like get on one knee and chug a beer, but then you get hit by a bird. Um, but the bird is actually a drone and then you start flying on the drone and then you land on a skateboard and you do a backflip, like these crazy, like this and then this and then this, the kind of stuff that you throw against the wall and no one would expect that 
energy is creativity, chaos, and, and play. And there is a level of that that if you're not bringing that to your mixes, yes, your mixes can be automated. But if you're not bringing that to the, your mixes, you shouldn't even be mixing. Play with it. Be creative. Take chances. Push music. Make decisions that an AI never would. And if 95% of mixing engineers are acting like that, then the people that are not only the A-listers, but also people like me that are coming up, let's show them what's up. Let's show them that every mix shouldn't be the same, that every vocal chain shouldn't be programmed by Dave Pensato. Even though he's a legend and I've learned a ton from watching his interviews and stuff, Ultimately, it's my ears. I want to make music that sounds good to me, not to a robot, not to Dave Vansato, to me. And having that confidence and having that creative play and that chaos is what will beat the machine. <laughs> and then maybe the machine can just help me out, like Soothe, like Golfos, like Splice. You know, these tools that allow me to be more creative and not less. If you enjoyed today's pod, please uh, throw me a five star and subscribe to it. It helps other people find it too. This is my little AI rant post NAM show. Um, and you can check out my music at scubertdubert.pizza. Um, also, if you just uh, search Scubert Dubert on Spotify, you can find my stuff. I have a mm, semi complete list of the things that are at least on, on Spotify. You know, I've got music that are exclusive to YouTube, to SoundCloud. So be sure to follow the different things. But um, check out my, you know, Scuba Duber All Songs playlist because that can give you a vibe of where I'm at mixing wise and creatively and hopefully that'll inform what you're hearing here too so anyway thanks for listening see you next week oh.